Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hello and welcome to another edition of Taekwondo Life Magazine Live. My name is Mark Surianis. I'm your host. I'm a third Don Black Belt, and I'm the editor-in-chief of Taekwondo Life Magazine. Today we're going to be talking about a friend of the Taekwondo community, someone who has been known in and around Taekwondo Dojangs for the past 20 years or so, an individual who is immediately recognizable to Taekwondo practitioners and students and other martial artists around the world and definitely around the entire United States, yet is someone who holds no rank, who has no belts, who has no issued Don certificates, and that, as you probably gleaned from the title, what I am speaking about is Bob. You guys know Bob. Bob is the training dummy, lifelike, handsome fella, dashing fella that appears probably sitting today inside your Taekwondo Dojang. So today's episode, we'll talk a little bit about the innovation, the history, and the character in What About Bob? We are in an interesting age in Taekwondo. While Taekwondo has been around for at least 2,000 years, like much of the world, innovation and technology over the last few years has outpaced all of the innovation and technology associated with this martial art and Olympic sport for all of the years prior. In our episode regarding Grandmaster Jun Rhee, we talked about the innovation and his patents as an engineer that he obtained for the first protective gear for martial arts spars, headgear, and the traditional foam, red foam gloves, red foam foot covers. Those were his innovations. Along the way, there have been tremendous innovations and developments in the introduction and the advancement of hogus and headgear, and most recently, as we've talked about PSS sparring and electronic sparring, Dado, KPNP, and others, we've talked about those as it relates to their innovation and their use, and we've spoken to Ali Gafour regarding his 2020 armor, another form of hogu that measures strikes and blows and advancement and is a good training tool as well as competitive tool. One of the things that's been a staple in Dojangs and a staple tool for martial artists for quite some time are training bags, heavy bags. Here we're going to take a look at, as, as the episode teased, we're going to take a look at the specifically the one known as Bob. Bob, as I said in, in my intro, is found generally in probably every Dojang throughout the United States. He is found in people's homes, in their basements, in their garage. He is, in case you were unfamiliar, he is the freestanding, anatomically correct torso that people use as a training and sparring tool. A somber but good-looking fellow that is always available to take a roundhouse kick to the head, even when your training partner is not. 
Before getting specifically into discussing Bob, the subject of today's episode, I wanted to discuss the lineage of heavy bags, sparring bags, and sparring equipment. For those of you, particularly those of you that are 40 and over, you have seen in boxing gyms, in taekwondo dojangs, in martial arts studios, in people's garages and basements, uh, traditional heavy bags. And traditional heavy bags are generally large. Sometimes they're a little bit smaller and, and rounder, but they're generally somewhat cylindrical. They are generally leather of base. They generally hang on a chain from a very strong chain. They are generally filled with sand or some sort of a viscous uh, sub substance, something smooth, but something that is uh, heavy and will absorb impact without injuring the person who's punching or kicking. You wouldn't want to fill it with rocks, per se. Um, it's got to be something that's relatively smooth. And those heavy bags are affixed to either a beam, depending on where it is, or sometimes they're affixed to pipes uh, or metal apparatus that are, again, fixed to beams. Or sometimes they are on um, metal piping or some sort of a structure. And that structure is, instead of being affixed to the ceiling, uh, are affixed to the floor of the, the place where they are. But in any event, the, the idea is that the bag will hang down on a chain. The bag itself will have some mobility so that you can kick it from any side or punch it from any side, uh, and it'll absorb impact and provide a certain amount of resistance. However, it is not a particularly mobile or portable device. It's extremely heavy, uh, which doesn't in and of itself distinguish it from the bob. However, it is generally fixed in that one space because unless it's on some sort of a sliding metallic uh, pulley system, which I have seen, it generally is not feasible for people to be uh, cutting holes in, in various sections of beams or, or of the floors. So where the section is, whether it be in your dojang or, or in the gym attached to your dojang uh, or a boxing gym, uh, they generally stay in one place. So sometime in the 90s, the innovative people at Century Martial Arts Supplies, one of the leading martial arts manufacturers and supply houses in the world, began a project that was based on, and in preparation of this episode, I not only went to the internet, I not only went to Century's website, but I actually searched the records of the United States Patent Office and I searched and pulled the records of the United States Trademark Office, which were extremely helpful to me in understanding, and I'll read from those documents, under, helpful for me in understanding the history of this, this concept and what exactly this concept was. So the people from Century, using some concepts and some patented ideas that already had been created in and around the beginning of the 1990s. They, they rolled out using a patented system, something that is known as the Wavemaster. And we see Wavemasters in Taekwondo Dojangs today, and people sort of take them, them for granted. Many of them are filled with water, hence the name Wavemaster. They may be filled with something else. But the, the innovation of the Wavemaster which is a precursor to Bob himself, is in the freestanding nature of the base. So while we may take it for granted today, think about the way that I've outlined it, that heavy bags would hang from the ceiling in a dojang. They would be necessarily, if you had a, a, a large dojang, 
but the heavy bags were in the corner, people would use them either independently or if you wanted to do something in class, you essentially had to move the entire class to where the heavy bags were and perhaps give up three quarters of the space in your training facility. So the people at Century, perhaps as all innovation in response to the request, the demand, or what they saw as the need of martial arts students, they filed for and a patent and released the first of a series of sparring partners known as the Wavemaster. The essential concept of the Wavemaster, and, and those of you who have probably seen this, you may or may not have taken notice, is that it's a large base, and on that base is something, right? There's a black base generally. That base is filled with either generally water, because it's easy to do, or it could be filled with sand, very much like the traditional ones. Then there's a, a large fluted portion with grooves. And then you have the ability to put something else on top of it. Now, you could put a foam-type pad, which many see in the these wave masters of today. Or, as we're going to get into, you could put bob. So essentially, the patent and the concept for this related to the bottom portion. Why? Because... In order to be able to create the type of resistance that's needed for effective training, there needed to be a certain amount of weight to the device. Uh, there are those of you who've seen, we've all seen, they're sort of a blow-up, rounded-looking um, bounce-back toys. And, and they, you, you sort of punch them, they blow up, they're inflatable. Sometimes they have like a clown or a character face on them. And you punch them, and due to the distribution of the weight, they're very light. Um, there's virtually no resistance. They'll go all the way down to the ground, but then they come right back up to you. So they're sort of fun to play with from a child's standpoint. It's really more of a toy, but they offer you very little resistance. The bob, the concept of the bob, was to take that same idea and create something where there would be a similar amount of weight to a heavy bag, although they probably do weigh less. Uh, the average bob weighs somewhere close to 300 pounds. Um, Wave Master is the same thing, two to 300 pounds. But that because of its design, that it would be relatively portable so that you could stick your Wave Masters, as we see today, or your bob in the corner of a dojang out of the way for training. And then in the event that somebody wanted to use it or that you wanted to do lessons in class, you could tilt it and roll it out with relative ease. The leverage would allow you to do that. And when you struck it, it wouldn't fall over. It would provide a certain amount of resistance. After the first wave of wave masters, excuse my uh, redundancy there, Century decided to come up with the first in a series of, and it's the classic one, it's the one you're generally going to see in, in most dojangs, which is a training partner, and he has a realistic head and torso, no arms, and he is known as Bob. Bob, and I had no idea until recently, right, everybody calls him Bob, I just assumed that Bob was his nickname, and that it didn't really have any particular meaning. Bob happens to be an acronym. It stands for Body Opponent Bag, obviously. Body Opponent Bag, Bob. And that is a trademark that is owned by Century uh, Martial Arts. So while many people see the Bobs in the school, they may not recognize that those are all 
under the trademark of Century. So regardless of where you purchase them from, if you purchase them from Dynamic World or if you purchase them directly from Century or Asian World of Martial Arts, um, you purchase them third, you know, secondhand, they are manufactured with the Century label on them. The idea of Bob was to create a lifelike mannequin. He's got a vinyl kind of a skin-like if you, if you touch Bob, right, he doesn't feel like leather and he doesn't feel like the Wavemasters. He has a vinyl-like, it's an attempt to give you the, the, the feel of real skin. And he has adjustments. So he can go from 50, 55 or 55 to 60 inches to almost 72 inches. The idea being that on this patented system, this patented base, that Bob could be adjusted so that offering more flexibility than the traditional heavy bag, you have the ability to adjust it for children's classes, uh, for teenage classes, or for adult class by adjusting the height of your body opponent bag or bob. So if you look at the marketing materials for Bob and his protégés, because there are several generations of Bob now, there's the classic Bob, and then, as I, which is the one that I described, and then if you were to proceed further, uh, there is a bob that now has a, in addition to a torso, there's a bob that has uh, a, a sort of midsection. He's got uh, upper thighs for those that are interested in kickboxing. Uh, it, it gives you an ability to have additional striking area. And then there's a sort of fully formed bob which can be utilized for jujitsu uh, and various different striking uh, for martial arts that allow for uh, or call for or street fighting techniques that call for the ability to strike various sections of the body. However, the original Bob, back to sometime around 1995, when I looked at the uh, material that was in the Patent and Trademark Office, they show that it was uh, first in, com in, uh, in commerce around that time. And part of the marketing of it is that it is considered to be relatively inexpensive, easy to ship, easy to fill, easy to move, and then ultimately easy to replace so that if one were to decide that they were going to have a bob at their home, you could fill it with water. You could put it wherever you needed to put it. Then if you decided that you needed to move, uh, it wouldn't necessarily be something that would be very, very difficult and challenging for you to relocate. You simply could siphon the water out of the base. And then Bob actually is extremely light. And I'm not 100% sure what the, the weight of uh, Bob is when he's not filled. But as I said, it's about 300 pounds when he is fully filled. As I indicated, I went to the records of the United States Patent and Trademark Office, and I pulled the, the records for Century and for the Wavemasters and for Bob. The initial filing was for the Wavemaster, and that was showing that this has been in use since approximately 1993, definitely since 1995, and that the concept is to have a fluid-filled stand and a pedestal and column to support a striking pad assembly. A cap provides a seal to fill the opening, including a needle valve for pressurizing the stand. The device will have a series of channels 
and lock slots for setting the striking pad assembly to various heights. It goes on to talk about, as we did, how it is an innovation from and different from a traditional training apparatus. The filing for Bob itself, the, the one that is known as Bob, which is the successor to the Wavemaster filing, shows its inventor as Gary Hestelow, and that Gary immediately assigned that to Century Incorporated. That one was filed in 1995, and as supporting documentation for its use in commerce, which is necessary for these patent and trademark applications, they showed a advertisement from Black Belt Magazine from October of 1995, where it was first advertised as a bounce-back action dummy. Bounce-back action dummy. Later on, there's an advertisement for it just known as bounce-back dummy, removing the, the term action. I guess, to some degree, the idea of calling it a bounce-back action dummy wasn't as sexy. And sometime after 1995, they migrated to the acronym BOB. Under the, it's interesting to read these applications, the present invention relates to bags and pads which are struck with the hands, arms, feet, or legs for conditioning, fitness, and training techniques in the martial arts. That's a pretty good description, especially since it was probably written by a non-martial artist. It was probably written by a lawyer. In the art of boxing, familiar punching bags and speed bags are well known. In the martial arts, it says, these pads are sometimes used to receive punches and kicks. However, the use of pads requires another person in order to train. Further, a person holding a pad may not provide the optimal resistance and rebound to such punches and jabs. So it's interesting. It tells you right from the mind of the creators what the concept is, but it also gives you a good sense as to what, from a training standpoint, we're talking about, right? Which I think is, is a good point. We do different types of kicking drills and punching drills in Taekwondo. So someone may hold a focus pad, and that is designed exactly for that. It's designed more for focus. It's designed more for accuracy. It's designed perhaps for speed. But the concept of it isn't to create significant resistance. That isn't uh, what it is. Uh, and, and certainly holding those up for punching or for kicking, uh, they don't provide the person striking with resistance that would be utilized in that type of training, which is a very, very different type of training. The idea of this bob is not to take the place of the f of the focus pad, but to take the place of the hang from the ceiling heavy bag. It goes on in very technical terms to describe the mechanism, to describe the structure to describe exactly how it is made um, and how it will be utilized. To some degree, it's relatively funny to see it now because it is so commonplace and it has become the basis upon which so many other devices in the Dojang have been, been utilized. Uh, it goes on to explain this unique innovation of having a base which is, can be filled and will be capped and sealed and then we'll have the ability to be emptied at a later point. Now, it's interesting because the patent application for the Bob references a number of other patents for similar products. Uh, it is part and parcel of the application. And one of them is 
an invention of the New York Toy Corporation, which is very similar to what I spoke about earlier, which is the toy punching bag support construction, which essentially is the invention of a gentleman by the name from New York of Herbert Rubin. And Herbert was involved in creating a type of toy punching bag, which would do exactly that. You would strike it with the resistance and it would provide a little bit of resistance and come back but it was essentially a toy. It was designed for children. It was designed for, you know, children to, in their basement, maybe get their frustrations out, have a good time, have a little bit of a, a, a dummy. It was not designed for true martial arts practice or true uh, resistance training. And these, this, together with several other patents, were incorporated into Bob's design for essentially what you see now, which is essentially the same design since 1993. In addition to the highly valuable patents that are owned by Century for the Bob, it also owns a series of trademarks, that trademark being the use of that look and that name Bob, so that it would prohibit somebody from opening up or, or creating a similar type of a device and providing some sort of a male name for it, uh, some sort of a generic name that may confuse people into believing that the makers of Bob made a, I don't know, Fighting John or something of that nature that had a similar, uh, similar kind of a look and that received a anthropomorphic name, right? We were giving um, human characteristics to something that is not human, and uh, that has been preserved. Why? Because uh, uh, to a certain degree, for a certain period of time, uh, patents and trademarks uh, protect that type of creativity, protect people from investing their time and their energy into creating things, into marketing things, and uh, then having somebody else be able to take it and copy it without them being compensated. And looking at the trademark application, which covers not so much the, the patent covers the structural integrity of the item, right? It covers the base, it covers the locking mechanisms, it covers things of that nature. But the trademark preserves the identity of the name Bob and the characteristics of the name Bob. And it says under the most recent and there are several patent and trademark office filings in the trademark office that Bob is an athletic exercise and fitness equipment, namely a training bag for kicking and punching and a punching bag that is specifically shaped like the human torso. And it, that has been the most recent version of Bob uh, has been uh, filed since 1998. So that's sort of your background on Bob. Uh, your background on these types of wave masters. We have an, a little bit of an understanding, maybe more than you probably would have otherwise expected from this program, from the legal and um, the characteristics, uh, more of a um, than you might have expected from this, this program. But I think it's always interesting to uh, not take things for granted. And for years, I've seen Bob in the Dojang, and I've always wondered, and I wondered about the name Bob, and I wondered about its origins. So I thought that perhaps uh, our audience would find it equally as interesting. Now, there's been a, a tremendous amount of uh, videos. There's a tremendous amount of independent material 
um, regarding different types of training that can be done with Bob, uh, uh, product reviews on Bob, independent product reviews, and things of that nature. So I'll talk a little bit about those, but I'll also talk about my experience. From my experience, I, I enjoy training on Bob for what it is. I like the idea of setting Bob to approximately my height and being able to, particularly with my hands, to be able to practice striking, striking to the face. Um, he is realistically sized, so he has a realistic sized head. He doesn't have like one of these mini heads or one of these giant oversized heads. He has a realistic sized head comparable to my own. Um, he therefore gives me the ability to, he has a full uh, facial features. He has a nose, he has cheeks, he has ears, so he has temples. It gives me the ability with my feet and with my hands to be able to imagine and stand off against another individual and better conceptualize than I would on a heavy bag or on a, a typical wave master the areas with which I would strike an opponent. That being said, I think that anyone would, would agree that, well, Bob doesn't have arms, which would be used to block. Uh, Bob doesn't have, his head is relatively soft. It's not soft to the extent that it provides no resistance, but it isn't the same thing as punching a human skull. So therefore, one should not necessarily expect the ability to strike the human head in the same, with the same ease that one strikes Bob. Certainly, uh, more people break their hand in street fights, punching an opponent in the head or in the face uh, than not. Um, and that's not the case with Bob. But from the standpoint of being able to target and being able to be precise in strikes, I think Bob is excellent for that. The same thing with the body. The torso is a relatively normal-sized, anatomically correct human torso. So it gives you the ability to strike the ribs. Many dojangs that I've seen, mine included, will tend to put a hogu and headgear on Bob. So it gives you the ability when you don't have an, uh, an opponent, right? It's called body opponent bag. The ability to target and be precise in the areas with which you target without having a, 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 another person present. We talked earlier in one of our episodes to Ali Gafour of 2020 Armor. You have the ability to do a number of different games and techniques and drills by putting uh, the 2020 Armor. It fits very comfortably on Bob. So I think that to that extent, it's it's very good. It's different. It is different from hitting a wave master. When you hit a normal wave master, which gets rolled out, uh, you have the ability to experiment to a large degree. You have the ability to put multiple people around a wave master. So from a space utilization and a class utilization standpoint, Bob is really good for one-on-one. -on -one. I could put two people on a wave master, Depending on what we're doing, I could put three people on a wave master and be able to be relatively efficient in uh, punching and, and kicking techniques. So therefore, it is different in that regard. In reading some of the reviews and seeing some of the videos, some of the criticisms of Bob were that while, because all of the weight is in the bottom of Bob, it doesn't genuinely offer the type of resistance that a sand-filled traditional heavy bag provides. 
That is 100% accurate in my opinion. That is 100% true. However, it is a matter of somewhat of necessity. Number one, a traditional sand-filled heavy bag is extremely destructive on the hands, the arms, the feet. That is very good for building up those areas. However, many of our, our classes, as we've talked about over and over again, are filled with people that are not necessarily looking for that aspect of the martial arts. They may be children. Punching a sand-filled heavy bag could be very, very painful for them. They could be elderly people. It could be very destructive to their their knuckles and to their legs to hit a sand-filled heavy bag. Um, the wave masters, uh, when I say the wave masters, what I'm talking really about now is is the essential concept of what Bob is. Bob is essentially uh, in the wave master family. Uh, So these provide the ability to provide resistance without the destructive and uh, visceral. But the trade-off is that they are not necessarily, they do not provide the, the type of resistance and even distribution of weight that a heavy bag does. Again, it's a trade-off. I think, again, and I talked about this earlier, that one of the most positive aspects of training with the Bob is that, and the Wave Masters, is that from a space utilization standpoint in your dojang, you have the ability to put all of them on the side, and you can roll them out when you need them, you can space them out as you need them, and you don't have to be limited to something that is as, as hard-wired and fixed as a traditional heavy bag. And that's basically my uh, little breakdown on Bob. I wanted to offer you some insights. I would love to hear your feelings and your feedback on Bob. I use him all the time. I know that sometimes people uh, don't. I see sometimes in Dojangs that uh, he sits in the corner like the old exercise bike and people put a hat on it or they put a jacket on it. Sometimes he's used as, uh, to sit in a window as a, as a piece of advertising. And that's fine. I happen to think it's a it's a very very good um, training technique. For, from my perspective, the ability to train and and get my foot up to the point of kicking someone in the head without actually kicking someone in the head, and I don't do as much sparring. Um, I, I train for more for the flexibility on that um, is extremely useful for me. And when I'm doing it on a traditional heavy bag or I'm doing it on a wave master, I don't necessarily have the ability to gauge where that head may be, where that shot may be. And again, the precision of, of punches to the face, to the, to the temple, things of that nature, four punch combinations. I think Bob is highly useful. So that's our, our take on Bob. For those of you who were unaware, uh, it is not a matter of chance. It is not just a matter of custom, but it is his legal acronym, Bob, and he is a product of the Century Martial Arts Corporation. Uh, One thing to note about this episode is that this is my independent discussion of Bob. Century had nothing to do with this episode. It is not a paid advertisement, nor is there any type of paid sponsorship. It's just uh, something that I thought was interesting. And if you have any equipment or any piece of martial arts history or memorabilia that you are interested in having us explore further, uh, just send us an email at tkdlifemagazine at gmail.com. Thank you, and I hope you enjoyed the show.
With spending time in training and working on the podcast and the magazine, it is difficult for me sometimes to get out to the store or the supermarket. And when that occurs, I always rely on Instacart. A friend of mine introduced me to Instacart about a year ago, and it has really changed the way that I shop. I go on the computer or on my phone. I have multiple stores to choose from in the neighborhood. I can select all of my products for delivery, and it'll give me other alternative products based upon my preferences. And it's really, really a helpful tool towards making your life a heck of a lot easier. No more worrying about trying to find parking at the supermarket or standing in line at the checkout counter. You can just do all of it from your computer. It'll help you save money by giving you suggestions on deals and by providing you alternative products. And shoppers will hand select your products. They'll bag them up neatly and that they'll deliver them within a specified delivery window. I have never had a problem with the products, the groceries, or the service from Instacart. And if you follow the show notes and you let Instacart know that we sent you, they'll provide you free delivery on your first order of over $35. I highly recommend it. And I think that it, for me, has been one of the life-changing services that I've gotten involved with. I'm not a guy who does a lot of internet shopping, but this is something I don't like to be without. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.